Since this is an unofficial Bond film, uh-huh. is this an unofficial podcast? I'm I'm not going to justify that with an answer. So are you saying we're never? Don't, don't, don't. Nope. Never? Nope. Never say never? Stop it. Don't. I admire your luck, Mr. Bond. My name's Bond. James Bond. Thank you, Mr. Bond. Name's Bond. James Bond. What's up, Art? How's it going? I'm doing well, man. It uh, feels it feels good. It's like uh, riding a bike. We're back on our review review format. Uh huh. So this should be a piece of cake compared to our four your eyes only format. Yeah. So you know, last time we got together a couple weeks ago, we did Thunderball. You know, I thought that you know we're we're getting there. You know, a little. We 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 have some work. Yeah, I think so. There's some work we could do. Do you have any general feelings about it? Uh, any any general comments you want to bring up, or I think we need to, you know, kind of work on a rhythm. Yeah, I think uh, so too. A little bit, have more of a conversation, get a little deeper. Yep, I think you need a, think... a strong stronger co-host to actually contribute to a conversation. Yeah, that's <laughs> we can start auditioning. Yes, auditioning for that. Oh, go ahead and I think uh, just we're kind of stuck in review mode. Uh-huh. We did it so long, we got to we just got to get out of that. Yeah. That for, which doesn't help that we're going back to doing a, <laughs> a review right now. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel a little appropriate. I'm really excited. I got to tell you, I'm, I, I don't think I've ever said this. I mean, you know, 40 some odd podcasts deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited to do a Roger Moore film. Um, oh, a Four Your Eyes Only. I was like, you know, we're doing a Sean Connery film today, right? I did not. Uh, shit. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I know. Next uh, next next month for our next Four Your Eyes Only, we're doing Octopus. That's right. All pretty, the I mean, the, the stars that. have aligned, honestly. Yeah, it really, that was, we talked about it off mic, how, how we probably should have done Never Say Never kind of closer with Octopussy. Yeah. And then we were like, man, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be perfect? Mm-hmm. That's why we tweeted the... Um, the proof. The, the proof, yeah. We didn't think people were going to believe us because it was so convenient that it worked out that way. But, you know, every time, every once in a while, there's some luck that happens. Yeah, I think so. You know, so go ahead and give it a listen. Uh, head over to iTunes. You can always find us there and you'll see all of our podcasts, including our last... It's working now. Yes, it is. Uh, the glitch has been fixed. Yeah, I got it fixed before the Four Your Eyes Only went out. So as, as I was listening to it on uh, Thursday, mm-hmm. I realized uh, we should have had a little more faith in ourselves to have that fixed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by the next podcast. But yeah, we're we're good to go. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm glad to see everything's working again. And uh, anything going on in Twitter Twitterverse? Not really. Everyone's been uh, really quiet. Kind of has me worried that. People are <laughs> for your eyes only. No one's uh, no one's uh, asking no one's for really saying much certain or topics, or yeah. making comments, or yeah, or doing much here. But uh, if you if you want to do that, you know you can always hit us at Bonding Over Bond on Twitter. Art's very active on there, and I chime in from time to time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, anyways, or on Facebook if that's your thing, or send us an email. Yep. Bonding, bonding over bond at gmail dot com. Yep. Lionize podcast slash Bonding Over Bond. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so yeah, we, we got our plugs up and out of the way up front there. So yeah, we did. We'll say it again at the end, yep. probably. So how you doing, man? Anything uh, going on? Uh no, just uh, living life, getting ready You're to about to be on an MI6 uh, mission here. Going to be off the grid for a while. I will be off the grid for a little bit, so I'm glad we're getting this uh, review done. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I go on those things, I get a lot of I get some downtime, so I'm looking forward to dusting off some cobwebs, some earlier Bond films and stuff, and right. working right. on the website and whatnot. So. 
How you doing? Both our both our ladies are out drinking apparently. Yeah, they are. Yeah, <laughs> this could go bad at any moment. It could. It could. Both of us yeah. might need to leave. Yes. Yeah, Mama's having a night out. So, you drinking anything? I am. I've got a weird combo going on. It's been one of those days. I took the day off, and I'm drinking Miller Lite and washing it down with champagne. Well, there's that combination for you. There's there's got to be a redneck joke in there. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. What about you? You drinking anything good? Um, apparently this is called, it's a Kentucky mule. Oh, bur- so it's, bourbon. it's a ginger beer and bourbon. Yeah. You got, you have lime in there as well or just ginger beer? I don't, I don't have a lime. Okay. Yeah. Just the ginger beer and, and, uh, some Jefferson's bourbon, a little departure from my normal Knob Creek. Yeah. A little bit of, uh, striking your libertarian chords that you occasionally have. I guess so. Your Federalist. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh. All right. You want to start talking about Never Say Never Again? Yeah. You want to bond? Absolutely. All right, let's do it. Never, never say never again. Never, never say never again. So we're here today to review Never Say Never Again, an original story based off Thunderball, an unofficial James Bond film that was released in 1983 starring the one, the only, Sir, Sean, Sean Connery. Connery. Is, it, is this the time where we'll mention how awful that song was? Oh, God. I mean, uh, I have, we are going to review it later, but I just want to... I have strong opinions. No matter how, although it, it, it is awful... I will catch myself having watched a movie and now having edited this, or when I edit it, I will walk around the house just singing to myself, never, never say never, and then just people start yelling at me. <laughs> I can see it. That part's catchy. The rest of the song. It's, it's uh, I have strong opinions. I'll hold them for later. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. So it's been a while since we've written one of these, but let's just... Not even take any more time. Let's just jump into it. Our good old 0030s. Ready for it? I'm ready. Okay. 0030. So who's who's going to Russ take out the uh, cobwebs here first? I feel pretty confident in mine. I can okay. I can start if you'd like. All right. When I hear a ding equivalent, I will go. Okay. All right. And three, two, one. Uh, what the hell is going on? Sean Connery's back? You have just entered the Twilight Zone. Long story short, this is Thunderball redone 19 years later. The result is a shitty score and 80s technology ruining what really is a pretty decent movie. Two nuclear weapons are stolen again by Spectre and James Bond must find them. Only some names and faces have changed. Luckily for the viewer, there are some classic Connery Bond moments. Domino played by Kim Basinger, typically barely dressed in a strong presence by Felix Leiter. You have plenty of time to spare. Do I really? Yeah, like, yeah, 25 seconds. Okay. I, I was When I was practicing it, I was at 30 seconds on the nose every time. Practice makes better. That's right. All right. Got that adrenaline okay. going. 
I didn't feel like the need to summarize it because it was to be like summarizing exactly Thunderball, and we've already done that. So we have, we have. Well, let me let me go, and then we could uh, do a loose ends. Okay. So whenever I hear a ding, I'm gonna go. All right. In three, two, one. Oh snap! Sir Sean is back, and he's killing these fools. Oh wait, never mind. This is an MI6 training. Bond is older and sent to a health clinic where the Thunderball plot literally starts to unfold here. But shittier, with less specter and a psychotic uh, blush and Largo. I should have enough time here to mention how horrible Kim Basinger is as Domino. The end. <laughs> nice. You got uh, plenty of time, obviously. Okay, yeah, we can just keep chatting about the score, how horrible that sure, was. Sure, yeah, yeah. There is a tiny piece of this that's a good movie. Saran wrapped underneath awful decisions. Yeah, it's, you know, I, and we're going to break it down, but it, it is literally just, there's just like these glimmers, these little glimpses of solid movie. Right. Totally ruined by shitty score and reminded how shitty 80s technology was that we thought was so awesome. Right. So I mean, that's that's it. That was my, that's all I have to say about this podcast. So we'll go ahead and... So any loose ends on the on the plot there? So I mean, besides like the differences, I mean there are some clear differences yep. between Thunderball and this movie in the plot. Yeah. So I think you know one of the glaring differences. There's no Fiona Volpe. You know we have although she's replaced by Fatima. What was it Fatima Blush? Blush. Uh, I wasn't a super fan of hers, and I, I I watched it twice. So the second time, I think I got over the fact that it wasn't Thunderball, but it is Thunderball. Right. And I started to accept it a little bit more and just watched it as it was. But I don't know. It was a little. She's just, a, if you get over, if you can get over the fact she's not going to be Fiona. But Fiona was so much better. She's a completely different character. I she's will crazy. We'll talk about this later a little more. Uh-huh. I do like how both the villains, they're just psychopaths. They are. Yeah. Like kind of, you know, a, a Draco on steroids. But not quite, you know, Christopher Walken level that we're about to see in two years. Oh, that's a good point. I. Yeah, when I was thinking about Maximilian Largo's counterparts out there, I, um, uh, Max Zorn did not come to mind, but he's yeah. actually a great, great example as well mm-hmm. of how Maximilian is in this movie. Right. Any other loose ends? Um, the, I, I, I don't know if I dislike or like. Here, here. I guess it's a little bit of both. The the how they get the nuclear weapons yeah. is similar but different, so they take advantage of somebody on the inside. Mm-hmm. I don't like the whole eye thing. Me either. I liked how they, you know, kind of had him strung along with the heroin, so he has a reason. It makes more sense than I'm going to get paid money after the end of this. It's like yeah. he's he's kind of they've got him under their thumb. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they're hold, you know, they're holding Domino ransom, if you will. Right. Yeah. Right. So that that makes sense. Um, I like that Felix is an African American in this. Yep, you know, well uh, before the original, um, the official series it had the idea or glimmer to do that. That was kind of refreshing to see. I like this Felix. Mm-hmm. Um, however, on the same note, you know, another difference: MI six is not the same. No, they portray MI six as this like wonky bureaucracy that just you know, yeah, there's... doesn't have their shit together. But kind of foreshadowing, you know, with Spectre, Spectre. the idea that MI six. Inspector, it's not MI6 that's against the double O's, but the fact that the double O's are antiquated and not, you know, the future yep. of British intelligence. Yeah. So, like I said, I, I there's nuggets, there's potential yes. for a plot there that's just, 
you know, every time there's an idea, there's a horrible idea that follows it that kind of, you know, whittles it down yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And then the cherry on top, like I've, I've said, is, you know, you have a great chase scene or you have a great scene and then just the, the soundtrack behind it kills it. It just feels so dated. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And yeah. This movie did not age well. No, it did not. Oh, God. You know, the cruise missiles, the B-1 bomber. The eyeball, the the honky, you know, the way the the president is going to change the weapon. You know, I just, oh, it felt horrible in some right. places. And now my favorite segment of the review series, Bond for the Non-Bond, yeah. or better said, Non-Bond for the Non-Bond. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, this would be an appropriate one for Just Don't, but, you know, that's the diehards out there. The diehards out there need to watch it. So Bond for the Non-Bond. You get a chance to see Sean again. Uh, and that's Sean's back. Yeah, Sean is back. Two words. Yeah. Sean's back. In in some ways, he's back, and he didn't phone it in like in Diamonds. So I think you, he's excited to be back. Yeah, you can tell. And this isn't a Bond that we've we haven't seen him this committed to the role since probably Thunderbolt. Ironically enough, yeah. You know, cause he, there was a lot of outside drama going on with You Only Live Twice, and then Diamonds. He essentially was getting you know a sweet paycheck that he did use for good 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 causes yes um, but he did phone in diamonds um and and again we'll, we'll go back to this we'll keep going to this well i like the idea of an older bond i thought there was a Me good too. plot there he's in great shape he was having fun playing the character and then they kind of just like again good idea execution kind of stumbles agreed um on it uh, yeah other than that it's been a while, but let's. Uh, you want to jump in with two feet, some distinguished debauchery? Absolutely, let's dive in. Let's go. The distinguished debauchery of 007. I wouldn't go as far as calling you a cold hearted bastard, but it wouldn't be a stretch to imagine. Then you'll also know that in poker you never play your hand, you play the man across from you. By the cut of his suit, you went to Oxford or wherever. Naturally think human beings dressed like that. But you wear it with such disdain. Since MI6 looks for maladjusted young men, I give little thought to sacrificing others in order to protect queen and country. Beautiful. Every now and then a trigger has to be pulled. Or not pulled. Hard to know which in your pajamas. Q. 007. You think of women as disposable pleasures rather than meaningful pursuits. Martinis. Rank on the scale of zero to five olives. I don't know how you felt. Bond's a drinker. He's drinking yeah. a lot in this movie. Um, I have him at five olives. Five olives? Five olives. There He's are... got the martini. Multiple he's got, martinis. He's got two martinis. Uh huh. I think he has more. Rocks. I think I have more than that. And he has a cigar. I gave him points for having a cigar again. I did like the cigar. Did, not lit, but at least he was holding it. Yeah. And there's uh, he had champagne. He had wine. He had vodka on the rocks. He had multiple martinis. At the end of the film, he had a hurricane. Some of those he didn't drink. We didn't. Yeah, see he it. doesn't drink in this. But, I feel like we were much. And the original reviews, I feel like we were much more strict on this. Whether or not he drank it. Yeah, if it if it was shown but not he at least had to take a sip from it. All right, so if I had to take, if I had to change that, you take the hurricane out, 
I think that's, I have him officially sipping on on three drinks: two martinis, vodka on the rocks, and then he has a cigar in mouth. Uh, he had the he had the wine uh, at one point when he was in bed uh, with the uh, the lady from okay. Whatchamacallits, the the health clinic. Okay. But yeah, so what were you? What was your number three? I had it at two. Two olives. Wow, that's, that feels kind of low to me. Maybe I'm uh, high. I, I can see a three. I can see a three. So we'll mix it up. Average out three and a half olives. Casino Roya. Rank from lowest poker hand to highest. I, I'm going to be off on this. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while that my gambling uh, was a, my radar on this was a, a bit off. I give it a flush. Wow. Just because of the, the video scene, the video game scene, uh, I thought was the stakes were really, really high and it was kind of intense. Plus, there was pain involved. But the monetary value, I, I didn't understand this. Maybe since you saw it twice, and, and maybe you were paying a little more attention to the scene than I was. Um, was there the expectation that Bond was going to pay that cash to charity and then he wins it back at the end? Yes. So how's that work out? Is he that is he fucking the charity over? Is the charity not getting the money now? Or is is Largo now paying the money to the charity? Largo is now paying money to the charity. Okay, but either way, some the charity. Either gets way, paid. the charity wins. You know, there it's you for go. the kids. You know. Yeah. No, but yeah, and so that's where I was a little bit on the fence on my my ranking because I didn't know if we were going to con- count the Dominator game or not. Mm-hmm. So I I counted it. I, there was, I thought there was gambling. Yeah, I mean, the only other gambling in the film is when you see Domino play roulette at the casino. So that's mm-hmm. where I kind of drew the line there, and I put it out a pair. But if I okay. if I count if I count the dominator game, I could go to, I could go three of a kind or so. Okay. So yeah, I mean, uh, and it, I thought it was pretty pretty interesting. You know, Bond Bond essentially plays a rope a dope, you know, against uh, Largo, where he. Can I stop right now? Sure. So just so our, our our listeners are aware, I have in the background the the opening ceremonies. Uh huh. And I just look up, and uh, who was the last country that well, I don't even know who it was. It was one of the S's. Zimbabwe. No, well, Zimbabwe is not with an S. Um, <laughs> Support, it's done in Portuguese. <laughs> um, but it literally was nothing but a gaggle of blonde women. Oh. I, I looked up and I was like, is this a commercial? Gotta be Sweden. I was like, holy shit. I'm going with Sweden. My money's in Sweden. It might have been. It, it could have. Singapore's going on now, so S no nope. would make sense. That's, there's a W in there. There's W. There's W. S-W-E. Yeah. yeah it's, but, a, it's a uh, silent it W. Portuguese. How's your how's your Portuguese? Very poor. Yeah, Mu- so Muy mal, which is Spanish. Yeah, so. that's Spanish, but uh, <laughs> close enough. All right, so back 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 to what we were saying. I was just, I was I thought that scene was interesting. Okay, I, yeah. it really confused me because at the end when they played for the world, it was like four hundred and eighty thousand or four hundred thirty thousand dollars. Uh-huh. And oh, I guess Largo did the math at the previous rounds that Bond lost because he wrote a check for two hundred and some on two hundred thirty thousand. Yeah, that's the whole thing kind of confused me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Point. All right, all right. Next. Turnbull and Asser. Rank from zero to five cufflinks. I have I have him at three cufflinks. I thought he dressed pretty well. But, Same. Okay, but I don't know. One of the things that really bugged me and was really, really bugged me was the bow tie. The bow tie in his tux looks sloppy as hell. He just didn't look like a tight tux. So, you know, I don't know where, you know, so I'm obviously not an expert on the suits category, uh, but... The, the tuxedo did not work for me. But the other suits that he wore were, were pretty solid. I have him I have him in three. He looks good. The colors are a bit stuffy, but I think that's because of the 80s. Yep. Although his cut of suit is different than his counterpart will be wearing in 1983 and 1985. Um, so I, I don't know if Sean just refused 
Go boxy, to, big and boxy. To go with the 80s fashion. Yeah. Um, he had a lot of sway over this film. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he had some influence on what he wore yeah. and how it was cut. Um, I thought he, he looked good in the tan suit. I, I love that and one. Although you were mentioning how the, the tie is, I thought he looked good for a 52-year-old man in the tux. Yeah. Yeah, I think he wore, so. The, he wore it well, and, and maybe I was giving him more credit because he the tux wasn't affected by the 80s. Yeah, I buy that. I, but I just the, the bow tie was really just stuck out like a, a sore thumb to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Next. Aston Martin. Rank from 1 to 500 horsepower. Voice says Aston Martin. Zero 500 horsepower. So, so maybe I'm wrong, but I zero? NA? What about, what about the motorbike? Is that does that count as a? It's a Q Q bike. It was definitely sent by Q. It was a it was a Q bike. We saw the frame in the Q lab, and then when we get to um, Nice Nice France, and we meet Nicole, the field agent, she said, "Oh, Q Branch sent this over for you." And oh, what are you going to do with that motorbike, James? And you know, it was a rocket powered motorcycle. The motor a motorcycle would be the first introduction mm-hmm. into. We have a list of cars. We've been. I guess we have the Baja. Yeah, we got that rickshaw from Octopussy. From Octopussy. I, I'll allow the motorcycle. So I'll go 200 horsepower. I'll, I'll give it that. To, uh, I'll concede that. Okay. Anything? I'm kind of upset that there's no car. Yeah, me, t- me too. A little bit. I don't know why they, they couldn't, especially with the series where it was uh, the Aston Martin had been kind of absent. Uh-huh. And those later more years, why not bring the Aston Martin back? Maybe they agreed with the comment you made earlier that the... 80s cars suck and they didn't like any of the 80s cars yeah so have him drive either either one of his just put a db5 you know what no 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 we're both wrong and i even took note of this the bentley makes an appearance and we'll have the same argument we had from russia with love when the his bentley that he owns in the novels makes an appearance and you got a little fussy about counting that i'm trying to remember where in the movie the bentley shows up Remember, well, um, in this movie, when he drives himself to the clinic. Oh, yeah. He gets out and the, uh, the porter. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. A, not a porter. What are they called? The, um, a host. A host. The guy who drives a car. Valet. The, um, Valet. The, yes. He make, he's like a nice car. Yeah. Uh, does, they don't make them like they are like that anymore. Yep. Which was, and, I, I actually, talking about that, I like what they did there because you could kind of say like, yeah, it's a little inside joke. You're talking about Bond. You know, they're talking correct. about Connery's back. So I like yeah, what they did I there. Definitely, I definitely thought they yeah. they were doing that. So if if you allow the Bentley, I'll actually raise that to about 400 horsepower. Hmm. But we had that argument for Russia with Love. Yep. And we cited against the Bentley, mm-hmm. even though it had the uh, radio on it, the phone. Yep. And we included the... Or did we include the Bentley? Let me look at my list. We we changed it. Remember, I put up a fight for the Chevy truck. No, we did include the Bentley. <laughs> right. That was the argument we have. I included it, but your list has the truck. Yep. We parted ways. Yeah. All right. No. I'm fine with that. Okay. Next. Q branch. Rank from zero to five Qs. So we see it. We get to see Q's lab. He's bitching. I like that. He's bitching about the lab, though. He is. He says, I'll go to the CIA in a heartbeat. Uh-huh. But uh, we get to see the lab. Q's interesting. A little witty. Well, he's not really Q, is he? Uh, he's a Q, but he's not the Q. I forgot he what plays... he was He was credited as. It was Q and Allegy or something like that? Al- Algernon? Yeah. What is that? What was... Yeah, he doesn't play Major uh, Boothroyd. Major Boothroyd? Yeah. 
Well, he's Q. So he he might on. be a nut like this, a new Q. He's Q. Okay. okay. He's Q. Let's just accept right. that. All right. So, I mean, it was fine, it, but really it was the exploding pin was the only weapon? No, he had the, in the opening sequence, the, there was a spin disc. That was pretty cool. He has the uh, grapple and the blow dart. Yep. He has the pen. He has the watch. And there's the jetpack makes an appearance in this. I, what movie were you watching? That's right. I, 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 I give, that's true. All those things, the laser watch, the yes, all those things are there. I hate the XB-70 or whatever the hell they called it, the little jetpack. I uh-huh. hated that. Uh-huh. Should have never been in there. I think they had to nod to the jetpack. I don't think so. They nodded poorly. <laughs> well, the entire movie was a poor <laughs> nod to Thunderbolt. Yeah, I hear you. So what did you give it? Two cues. Four cues. All right. All right. License to kill. Rank from zero to seven rounds. I only gave it one round. What, where, what movie were you watching? I, I know there's I there's two kills and then all the bullshit that goes on in the cove. Just a violent movie in, in many places. The the fight scene you counted the the guy he killed at the hell spa. Yeah, I I I liked and it ki- and I didn't like that. He kills Fatima. Mm-hmm. Ex- Fatima with the exploding pin. Yeah, and then I don't know. Lots... Yeah, I mean he was physical. He was physical, he was physical in the physical entire in opening it. season. In the opening scene, if you believe yeah, those are real scene, people. The opening scene, he kills. There's six people, but then you find out it's a training sequence. Let me let me tell you this: who who is signing up to be the asshole that has to stand in a room? <laughs> When a double O agent throws in a sh- a fucking shock grenade, yeah, no, thank you. Like that wasn't acting. <laughs> like that was a real shot. And then he was like punching people in their face holes. So I was waiting for like the scene to show up. Like, look at this virtual reality. So I was confused. That would have been that would have been two eighties. That would have been yeah. awful. Yeah. All right, I have it at six rounds. I thought there were a lot of deaths. I thought it was pretty violent in a lot of areas. Even if they weren't deaths, okay. they were physical. Okay. All right. Next. Finally, the quote, Bond girls, end quote, rank from zero to five suffragettes. I have Bond girls at zero suffragettes. How did you get to that? Do you really, you don't like Domino at all, do you? I think, Dom, I, this is what I wrote, what is Domino's role? To, and then the to next kill, one I wrote, here's to kill Max Largo. Uh, I thought Domino and Fatima Blush kind of algebraically canceled each other out. Yeah. Because one was a very independent, psychopathic, stood on her own, kind of developed character, Mm -hmm. and the other was a (laughs) domino. And so, you know, one earned a zero, one earned a five, and um, you did some algebra there, and it's nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, zero times five is zero, so I have zero, zero suffragettes. Yep. That's my math. There you go. I don't think she was... I think you need to give her a little more credit. I mean... Who, Kim? Yeah. Ah, come on. She's a wonderful actress, but that was horrible. They had no chemistry together. No. She was there to be a pretty... Eye candy. Yeah. Yeah. She looked good in uh, some bathing suits, for sure. And then that shirt... What was that shirt she was wearing? Which one? The the, uh, clear... Oh, yeah. I mean, they they clearly didn't have uh, money in the budget for bras. That's for sure. I... You know... You know, I don't know. I don't. I was three years or one years old when this movie came. Was out. she married to Alec Baldwin by this point? I don't. I don't or know. That's later in the eighties. That's pretty early in the eighties. She looked pretty young. Yeah, this is eighty three. Yeah, I'm guessing she's not yet. We can fact not, check that. Not married. Yeah, we'll check. All right. Okay, that was quick. Yeah, there's not much debate there. 
I mean, there was, but we didn't debate that much. Welcome to Bonding Over Bond, running rankings. Opening sequence. I, I I guess I need to, we need to set some ground rules here. We're not going to rank these, right? I'm not going to put this in the official, but we can kind of, you know, where, where, where do you think it could be? Ugh, um... Opening sequence has to be an NA, right? I mean, there is no, it just jumps into it. Well, I mean, it's, it's a, it's akin to later Bond films where the opening sequence is a part of the film. So you're going to count that opening, the, uh, the sequence where he's doing the training mission? Yeah, I mean, it's... And then it zooms out with all the double O's and... Never, never say never, say never again. Never. I mean, it, it was it was a decent opening sequence. I liked it. it. It it kept me entertained. You know, hey, Bond's back. He's kicking ass, taking names. He always, oh, you know, oh look, he's rusty. He just got stabbed by the woman he was saving. You know, I that was a very Bond syndrome. thing, dude. What was a very Bond thing? That to get stabbed by the woman. I feel like if it fit Sean Connery's portrayal, yeah, of James Bond. So in the openings. Where, are you looking at your list on where you're going to rank it? I think it would be the. I think it would. It would be in the bottom, bottom tier of openings. Maybe middle. I was going to say lower middle. Like there's some really crappy Roger Moore openings. So in between my the cutoff is Doctor No and Octopussy. Yeah, and then Doctor No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the question is, does it crack Doctor No? I mean, Octopussy had the plane, or was that Moonraker? Octopussy was the jet, right? The, yeah, that was Cuba. pretty good. Yeah, so I, I think it's in the bottom. Yeah, it's in I the guess bottom. it is bottom third. All right, all right. Main movie song. Is there a debate here? It's in the bottom. Oh god, yeah. This is, uh, you know, my my lowest. It, maybe it was just the time because my my number twenty four on the bond list is the the song from uh, Octopussy, which I'm drawing a blank on right now because I try to purge it from my memory. But I just it was horrible. I did not like it at all. It was a little all time high. All time high. Yes, thank you. I mean, at least... I have Three Blind Mice as my uh, last song. Yeah, and I know you were a little higher on All Time High. I just hated All Time High. It had nothing to do with the movie. It had no, made no sense whatsoever. At least this song is probably higher because it at least says the name of the movie. Never. Never say never again. Yeah. I mean, it was a horrible song, but so was All Time High. And I had nothing to do with the movie. So, yeah, I'm going to put this at uh, 20, 24 and move that one down to 25. Right, it's the bottom tier. Yeah. Cars. Non-existent. No car. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean... I mean, you got the argument for the Bentley. We got the Bentley. The Bentley cracked a middle third for me mm-hmm. on this. So I, I enjoyed the motorbike. I did. I thought it was a pretty badass bike. He used it well until he got knocked off it and then had rocket pack. It's definitely a Q-branch Q weapon. Yeah. I think the bike might crack the middle, the middle third if we were ranking the bike. That's probably the top of the bottom third, honestly. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. The villain. Mac- I don't know. I would actually move them, I think, a little higher. On um, They're definitely middle third for me. Maximilian and uh, Fatima? I'm going to put I'm gonna put them above Hugo. I'm going to put them above Green. I'm going to put them above Max. He was more believable than Max. Yep. You know, Max was kind of cartoony. Yeah. Um, does he get be- above the only live twice Blofeld? 
Maybe. He's around there. He's around. So I have in that space, I have Alec from GoldenEye, Renard and Electra, and You Only Live Twice Blowfield. I, I think he ends up there in that region. I, For me... So, go ahead. No, you're on. I was, gonna, I was just going to say, he really... Largo, to me, is a mixture of a Stromberg, because he's a diehard true believer. Mm-hmm. He's crazy like Dominic Green... And Sanchez, and I used to point out earlier, Max Zorin. So mm-hmm. the true believer, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed him. The problem I had was knowing Emilio Largo, and he was nothing like Emilio Largo. Emilio Largo was bu- businessman number two, inspector. You know, just getting a job done. This guy's freaking crazy. You know, he. Yeah, where was the whole? Where was Spectre? Yeah, at the at the end, it didn't seem like a Spectre mission. It seemed like an Emilio mission. Yes. Yeah, or, or not Emilio, but you know. But what yeah, I mean. yeah, Maximilian Largo. It, it, Maximilian. it definitely seemed like you could have cut out the entire thing. It was it was confusing for me because they're like, and let's go talk to our number one of the Spectre organization. I was like, wait a second, so you you Blofeld guy, what are you? Oh, you're the Supreme Commander. We find out. So right. I'm like, oh, nice skull. What happened to the octopus? Oh, okay, yeah, this skull's kind of cool. Okay, anyways, but yeah, he's definitely. He's definitely you could you could re-edit this movie and just t- drop the entire Spectre cover and just it could I, be yeah, a crazy standalone necessary. man. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it was almost like it was just like ego. Kevin McClory to... was like, I own Spectre and you haven't been able to use it yep. in a decade. Fuck you. Yeah, kind of. And he just throws it in the movie. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, you haven't been able to say the words Blofeld. Yeah. For how many years now? We're gonna say Blofeld. Yeah, and then uh, number twelve, Fatuman. which was another frustrating thing to because again. You had good talent there. I mean, Blofeld is is played, you know, by a wonderful actor. Mm-hmm. You know, to have um, Jesus Christ, I'm drawing a uh, Max von Sydow. I always say his, his last name. Yep, uh, wrong. He's a great actor. Yeah, you know, and you and you waste that kind of talent in this role without developing, you know, Blofeld a little deeper. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, we can move on. The actor's portrayal is Bond. James Bond. Did this movie help or hurt Sean, if you were to count it? Uh, I thought he, I thought his portrayal of Bond was... Like I said in my, my double of 30, there were glimpses of classic Connery slash Bond. I liked it. Yeah, I thought he was I liked, grizzled. I liked Sean, especially as an, as an older Bond, and to portray him as an older Bond. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish we were more open as a society in the '80s, so they didn't they did not pair him with Kim. Oh yeah, but they paired him with like a, a mature woman who had some experience. Yeah, I think that would have been you know much better, and not try to pretend like they did with more that he's still got it. You know, thirty eight years old. Yeah, you know he's a, he's in his fifties. Yeah, yeah, I I, I I totally agree with that. I mean, the pairing with Kim makes just him, makes him look older. There's no chemistry there, you know. Put him with a Monica Bellucci type, you know, back, you know, a little bit more someone his age, but right. still, you know, looking great for her age. So uh, I, I really enjoyed it. He was grizzled, drank a lot. He reminded there are a lot of notes of Pierce Brosnan, Die Another Day, James Bond there. Um, yeah, definitely. So, uh, so I mean, you're going head to head here. Sean Connery, his portrayal in this movie of Roger Moore and Octopussy. That's a tough one because I actually like Roger Moore and Octopussy. Um, Roger Moore doesn't really fall off for me until A View to a Kill. Then his I just, last film? Yeah. 
I just really don't like him there. Octopus, he was fine. He's he's looking a little long in the tooth. I'll probably put him in the same ballpark. But then at the end of the day, it's just Sean Connery, so I like him better as James Bond. So. I like this portrayal better. Yeah. I think it helps him. And the over, it's nice to see him back. It was refreshing mm-hmm. to see him back, and it was it was nice to see him embrace the role again. Yeah, he definitely in- and add that element of Bond in his later years. Yeah, and there was a lot of great, you know, uh, uh, not one liners, but Connery level humor, double mm-hmm. entendres. I I really thought there was some great lines that he had in the movie. Absolutely. Did you know this is the last film he does with no facial hair? Really? Oh, he's going yeah. Hunt for it October after that? Level of facial um, hair? He has some other films before Hunt. Yeah. But yep. I did not know that. Actually, do you know was what was his hair situation, knowing that he wore a toupee back in the 60s? He's he's, uh, he's bald at the top by now, very much by now. Yeah. Was there any help going on there, do you know? Or was that mm-hmm. all natural? Was he all bald at that at that point yeah. in his yeah, life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there was yeah. a little help going on there. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of help going on there. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. And finally. Rank the overall movie. So Bond versus Bond. That's, I mean, that was the big media of the day. That's the big, let's just get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. You have the monetary um, value of the movie or not the, the, the money it brings in, which is how you kind of define the success of a movie. Opening weekend, never say never beats, but overall, Octopussy ends up making more money. And so the media, and I think history has written Octopussy as the winner because of that. I would counter and say the fact that the opening weekend opens stronger mm-hmm. means there was that more, there was more interest. Opening weekends, I think, are important for film. It's what happens after that. And I think what happened after that is everyone kept saying, hey, do, should I go see Never Say Never? And... Bond fan said, well, just rent Thunderball. <laughs> it's good that she's shot back, but uh, hey, this new VHS, it's really cool. We'll we'll go to our, our local yeah, video store here in seven months. Just go get Thunderball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah go, go watch, you know, go to Blockbuster when it comes out on VHS. And I think that's what happened to it. Yeah. You know, and that's why Octopussy, you know, pushes away uh, and brought in like 180 versus Never Say Never brought in around 160. Just still very respectable. Uh, yeah, both of them. They made money for their their franchises. Mm-hmm. You know, they were. I don't know. I don't know if you can clearly say Octopussy is the clear cut winner. Um, they're just different because of that. Yeah, they're just different. They're they're very different things. If you're going to crown a winner, surprisingly, I do think Octopussy walks away at the end of the day winning here as a better film. Simply, it, there's an original plot, but that red shirt. You hated the oh, red shirt and the clown. Well, I'm going to try to be an adult <laughs> when when we go back to Octopussy. And for really like 80% of the film, I really like Octopussy. Really? And just that, that ending. It was tough for you. And that, that fucking shirt and the clown suit. <laughs> but we'll have 90 minutes to just rip apart that choice. <laughs> be 90 minutes of weeks. criticizing that red shirt. Exactly. Yeah. I, okay. So enough. The comparison... I get it. You know, it was Bond versus Bond. I like them both for different reasons. I probably like Octopussy better a little bit, but the movie grows on me. I would this is a movie I would love to see re-edited. Like we talked about your your master's level uh, editing course. Take out Spectre. Take yeah, take out Spectre, find a good uh, 
score writer. I don't know what the right movie technical term is. Put a whole new score behind it. New title yep. song. Maybe change Kim Basinger out. Make Domino. Just edit her down a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's... It had, like, it had such... There was some very good moments there. But at the end of the day, it was somewhat of a lackluster film because I thought all the all the good moments that were going on end up being crushed by the score and some of the 80, like the 80s technology just, like you said, did not age... This movie did not age well. It, yeah, it did not at all. It's like, look at all this technology we have. Look at these line drawings and like, oh, look at... Oh, we can make these cruise missiles crash. Look at that. Look at our technology. And here's, here's the thing that frustrated me and we touched... On this and our for your eyes only. Kevin McClory owns the right to have this movie be about the Italian mafia mm-hmm. stealing or getting their hands on two nuclear we- weapons and holding it at ransom. Yep. And which would make which would have made it a drastically different version of Thunderbolt. Yes. And whether he only was pigeonholed into the Italian mafia, he could have used the Russian mafia. Which would have made it relevant, or I always say that word wrong. Uh, relevant, relevant. You, relevant. you made me say it, it wrong. It would have it would have made it relevant mm-hmm. in the Cold War, and I think a much stronger film. But instead, they they just were very lazy in how they use Spectre. Yeah, you know, they could have made Spectre this larger organization that brought in some Cold War themes, which is originally what Spectre was supposed to be. Yeah. And you write this in the 1980s, like 1983, come on. I mean, Reagan, you know, is coming in as president. He's Gorbachev tearing down this wall. America's losing their mind about the fucking Russians at this point. Hmm. The miracle on ice. Like, the tensions are back. You could have made a much stronger film and instead it's just wasted. And I think that's the most frustrating part for me. Yeah. Is I want to like this movie. I like the idea of this movie more so than I like this movie, if that makes any sense. No, that makes perfect sense. And I actually, having been on Thunderball and now Never Say Never Again, recent reviews, I had a note here. I really wanted to get your opinion on it. Is the storyline between behind Thunderball and Never Say Never Again, if they ever thought about rebooting or remaking a film, why not do this one? It's already been remade once. The topic did you know, is did you relevant. Know he thought... Kevin McClory wanted to do another one in the 90s. Really? With Tim Dalton. That would be interesting. And it fell apart? Yeah. What do you think, though? Do you think this would, if you ever remade, if you ever decided to just, you know, take a break from storylines and just do a villain movie, you could do this completely. You've proven with Max Largo, you could change the guy's name and just have a crazy kook guy or be a part of an eagle or, or organization and steal two weapons or have ISIS element, you know, a terrorism element. You know, is this a movie you would ever consider remaking in a modern era? I don't know if this is the first film I would go back to. Really? Yeah. Are any come to mind that you would go back? And we'll kind of go off track a little bit, but is there really something you would do first? Uh, Dr. No. That, I think could be done better in our time. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, the Man with the Golden Gun. To highlight more of their the adversary, you know how I because I think you could have uh, Scaramanga more, you know, with current standards, you could have him portrayed more of a ruthless assassin mm-hmm. than was kind of going to be done in the nineteen seventies. Yeah, um, so that would be interesting. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, give Pierce Brosnan a chance to redo any of his movies with a better script. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Talking about bringing back a Bond, uh-huh. I would not be opposed at all to having Pierce do this kind of idea, an older Bond coming back. He looks great. You think so? I mean, is it, is it too far Pierce down the road? Deserves, Pierce deserves a better send-off than die another day. Yeah, I agree with that, but how old is he now? I don't, he's He's got to be in his... Have you, I follow him on Instagram. He looks good. I, and I don't know if that says something about me or... Um, he looks great. He, he looks great he doesn't, for his age. He honestly, to be fair, he doesn't look that far removed from how he looked in Die Another Day. You know, he really doesn't. Yeah. I mean, he, he's aged. Yeah. He's aged, you know. But he looks good for his age. I think he could pull off the... They dragged me back in. I've been, you know, he's I've been, been training he's been all these MI6 years. And, yeah. yeah, you could do a do a you know Star Wars thing and like kill all the other double O's and oh we only can go back to our previous double O's. Who do we have? Right, no one's trained right now. Yep, but James Bond. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to talk about the movie? I mean, I've got a couple small notes, but where, where where do you rank it at? If we were, let's pretend it's official for a second here. Okay, um, I would put it above A View to a Kill. I'd put it above Die Another Day. Um. I would probably put it above some of the other Brosnans, honestly. Uh, the world is not enough, maybe. Because um, you know how I feel. I only like Goldeneye of the Pierce world. So mm-hmm. I, I can't put it above that. Those movies are just... Yeah, I think those are probably the two that it might might only get ahead. I think it's upper, lower tier for me. Okay. If I were to rank so it. So, so I you have... got like six movies below it? Uh, Yeah. So, For Your Eyes Only, A View to a Kill, Die Another Day. I have Live... So, starting all the way at the bottom, yep. For Your Eyes Only, A View to a Kill, Live and Let Die, Die Another Day, Octopussy, You Only Live Twice, The World is Not Enough, and Diamonds. That's my bottom tier. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about Live and Let Die. I'm looking forward to revisiting that one. I was pretty hard on, hard on that the first time. Yeah, I think we both were. Yeah. It's in the... It, let's just keep it simple. It's in the bottom tier. It's in, yeah, it's probably it in the middle middle of the bottom tier. Was the movie realistic? There were moments. There were moments it was real, and there were moments that were just far fetched. You know, I, I talked about it actually. My notes: it's the TB seventy, the jet platforms. That was so horrible. Uh-huh. That was on the level of the moon, the moon uh, rover and diamonds uh, are forever, but less funny. It was just like, look out! This great technology. Right. Um. Did, was there anything you thought was really unreal? The plot, um, the eyeball thing, the, eyeball the chemistry thing. between the lead actors. Yeah. How about the eyeball thing? We 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 gave a lot of talk about the facial reconstruction. Was the eyeball thing? Is that more realistic? I thought that was kind of bullshit. Uh-huh. You know, when you when you brought up our our you know master's theory of you know somebody re-editing some of these Bond films, I would overdub the president and have it you know be some four star general. Because first of all, the president's yeah. not going to be by himself in that room yeah. without somebody else turning the key with. Like it's just, eh. yeah. You know, make it somebody else that has access to, to do a live mission, mm-hmm. which is what, what the original plot was. It was kind of believable where they were doing a training mission, yeah. And so the which real they did nukes back in the day were subbed out for fake nukes, and they just switched a button. So now the live nukes were back in the plane. That's all it was. It wasn't. 
No, I mean, and Thunderball, it was real. I mean, they used to fly around with real nukes. I mean, they had a couple instances where... Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it wasn't the president turning the key so it launches. Yeah, yeah. It was, we're flying a live mission yep. with live nukes yep. as a practice. Yeah. And that's all it was. Yeah, you could have done something Which, similar. Right, right. I thought that was much more believable. Yeah, and did you notice that we talked about Dr. No earlier, but there was a little bit of toppling that happened? That when they when they actually knocked the cruise missiles down, they kind of did a toppling back to Dr. No where they point, pointed the radar at it and made him crash down? I, I didn't pick up that, but yeah, now that you mention it. Yeah. That's the technology that would have happened back in Dr. No. Mm-hmm. What did you love about the film? I, my note says Kim Basinger in a tiger swimsuit. Bada bing, bada boom. I like, I love Sean Connery being back. I like, I, I, I like Sean. I like Sean. And I would be lying if I didn't say the teenage version of me did not enjoy watching Kim mm-hmm. on mute. <laughs> yeah. And, and I hated her character. Yeah. I, I, she's a wonderful actress. Literally watch any other movie she's ever made. Okay. She's a phenomenal actress. But but compare compare Domino and Thunderball to Kim Basinger's Domino and Never Say Never Again. Both I, Sean Con- both versions I thought Sean had horrible chemistry with the Domino. Me too. And maybe it's not chemistry, maybe it was just well, I, I, it's hard to say that Kim Basinger doesn't isn't a decent actress cuz she got work after this. I don't know about the other actress, but Maybe it's just Domino's character and and the, the directing. Like you need to be a lamb, you know. You you're gonna get your vengeance in the end, but really your your character is just kind of a pawn in the beginning. And I don't buy at all mm-hmm. that Domino f- brings James Bond into retirement. No, at no point did I buy that. Even though he's already kind of in retirement and came out of retirement. Yeah, no, I did not buy that at all. So I think we kind of just naturally segue into our hate, mm-hmm. the character of Domino. Yep. Anything else? You hated how camp, how it didn't age well. No, I didn't age well. I hated Nigel Small Fawcett. I I hated M with a passion. Maybe your level of dislike for Domino, I hated M even more. M was a twit in this movie. You said that before. Did I? I'm sorry. It, yeah. it just really... It, it really bugged me because you said that in the in the last podcast. Yep. So I mean, uh, it, it just really bugged me coming off of you know Bernard Lee's era of, and whatnot. Um, that did not age well. Um, I just so so many things I I hated in the movie. Right. What would you kill? The jet platforms. Hmm. Okay. What about you? The movie? Uh, the plot, I would have, I would have, you know, things I hated. I hated that such a high pedigree was wasted, you know, having um, Max von Seidel wasted as an actor, mm-hmm. having Splofeld underdeveloped, um, not letting, I think, uh, Largo, he could have run a little wilder in that. I, I enjoyed him as a character. The fact that you have um, Irvin Kushner, who directed Empire Strikes Back, RoboCop 2, he's a good director. Like, it's just, there's such a pedigree. Sean Connery is in the film. Kim Basinger's a wonderful actor. Like, how do you have this kind of pedigree? Like, what is holding up? The only constant in shittiness, and I, God bless him, is Kevin McClory. I just, I find it funny that you're, you're, 
your accolades for this director, whoever you were just spouting, because I lost track as soon as you, you said giving him credit for RoboCop 2. Look at the great work he's done. He did RoboCop 2. I started 2. with Empire Strikes Back, That's... one of the best science fiction okay. films of all time. You lost me at RoboCop 2. Man, RoboCop 2 is pretty sweet, man. All right. RoboCop 1 was good. All right. Any last thoughts? Anything else you want to get in? Not really. I mean, I just I would love to see this movie redone. Oh, here's here's a here's a final thought. Okay. Because I just saw this on my notes. I have a question for you. Okay. Toward the end of the film when Sean Connery rides off the cliff with the horse. Yeah. How the fuck did that horse live, man? I don't I know. wrote the horse down as a murder. Like as 007 murders this horse yeah. to save his own life. And then the horse is like do 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 just swimming away. And I was like, what PETA activist saw this movie and was like, no, no, that horse can't die. Yeah, I know. That was a little, uh, just looked like a loaf of bread floating through the air. <laughs> yeah. I did, I, one of the things I did like, you just, because you sparked my memory, the scene where Largo ties or chains up Bond in the, in the tower, I thought that scene with the buzzards and the old skeletons and what have you, that was a nice set. I really did enjoy that, and we got to use his laser watch to break the shackles. Mm-hmm. So that was another thing I, re- I did enjoy. There were mo- like I said, just moments of glim- you know glimpses of a decent movie in there. Little nuggets, little nuggets, little tiny nuggets. I really think you could just change the score of this movie and make it move it up the notch. A couple that times. would move. That would make it a tremendous film. Yeah, I won't go just that far, but that. make it a, a much better film. All right, man. All right, that's it. Never say never again. That was a good if. If the, if the DVD was widely available and not $50, mm-hmm. would you have it in your collection? No, I mean, I've gone digital, so no, I'm not going to go out of my way to spend $50 and buy it, but I bought it. I'm, not, I'm saying if it, if it was, like, if you could pick it up at the $10 bin. Yeah, just for, to be complete. Just to be a completist? Yes. Okay. I've invested this much into the series, I, I'm going to get it and I'll watch it again. You know, to pick on it and see Sean one more time. Just skip through the Sean scenes? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Do you remember this film from the TNT marathon days? I remember the Dominator scene. That is about yeah. it. And I remember the opening sequence when, whenever I used to see it, I go, what the, f- what the fuck is this? I've never seen this, this movie before. And then usually life life got in the way and I stopped watching it. But I never uh-huh. I never watched it all the way through. I only saw the opening sequence and the Dominator scene. Okay. That was that was about it. So what This is another being a kind of a long review. Yeah. I was I just going I was just going to ask, you know, like the the two weapons putting one in DC, the Tears of Allah, we didn't really touch on any of that stuff. How did you feel about that? Did it did not matter to you? It was just It didn't matter no. at that point. It was I guess it doesn't matter. It was just plot points. Yeah. All right. It, it, some of it just didn't make sense. I mean, there's a good, you know, good idea, but where I mean He's going to give that to Domino. And then, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Crazy, man. Yeah. All right. You want to bring it home? Let's do it. Good morning, people. I just landed in your town. Good morning, people. I just landed in your town. Next, a deep dive into 
Octopussy. Mm-hmm. Download all our podcasts Octopussy. on iTunes. Tell all Octopussy. the Bond fans you know. Octopussy. It's yeah. Octopussy. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Where else can you find us, Scott? iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, Lion Eyes Podcast slash Bonding Over Bond. You can stream us there. While, right. while you're at it, go to bondingoverbond.com. If you right. can't remember any of these, remember bondingoverbond.com. And everything we're going to tell you here is linked. Shoot us a tweet, bonding over bond, at bondingoverbond. Facebook, bondingoverbond. Search for us there. Get, get our Facebook page. And lastly, you can always shoot us an email at bondingoverbond.com. And remember, if you don't have an original plot, maybe you should say never. <laughs> Thank you for bonding us with it. Thank you for bonding with us here at Bonding Over Bond. Until next time, shake it. Don't stir. Do you want to save at any point, or do you want to just let it ride? Yeah, we're almost done. Okay. Never, never save.